Welcome to the Wild Podcast, your weekly dose of eco-education. And welcome back to another episode of the Wild Podcast. I'm your host, Roxy Rogan and founder of Wild Education. And today our special guest is Tamsin Revel, who is the founder of Farming Revolution. Thanks, Tamsin. So glad to have you on the show. Hi, Roxy. Thanks for having me. I'm really, really looking forward to this podcast. Um, so let's dive straight in. So why don't you tell our listeners um, just a little bit about yourself? So who you are, where, um, you know, where you're from and what do you do? Okay, I'm um, in Queensland on the Gold Coast and I've owned a riding school for the past 10 years and have really worked myself um, into the ground. Um, it all started with me um, getting an autoimmune disease and I am as strong as an ox. There is nothing wrong with me whatsoever. And I found myself sitting in um, a specialist, thyroid specialist office. And he said, no, it's perfectly normal for you to have a, an autoimmune disease because you're a woman and you're in this age bracket. And I'm, I'm quite argumentative. And so I sort of said to him, no, it's not normal. Um, there is a reason why I have it. Anyway, we were discussing it and he said, are you on soy milk? And I said, yeah, I've been drinking it for like the past two or three years. Now, I'm originally a Jersey girl and I've been brought up on full fat, um, non-homogenized because homogenization didn't happen then to, to our milk. Um, full fat dairy milk, um, really yellow. If, if you have ever been to Jersey, the milk is just out of this world. And I've never broken a bone in my life and I've horse ridden all my life and I couldn't tolerate the milk over here in Australia. I moved here about 20 years ago and I thought, oh, well, maybe I've become lactose intolerant because so many people have started to become lactose intolerant and celiacs as well, you know, not able to um, withstand eating bread because of the, the gluten protein. And I, he said, well, if you've been drinking soy, you need to stop immediately. And I went, oh, okay, well, there's a reason I'm drinking soy. It's only because I can't drink the other milk. And he said, well, you'll just, just don't do it. Don't touch it. it. It creates thyroid issues. So I had Graves disease, which is a hyperthyroidism. And I have to say, if there wasn't medication to help shut down my thyroid, I'd actually be dead now. I'd have died of a heart attack. And I was 39 when I was diagnosed. So, yeah, it, it, and I'm as strong as an ox. And, and people were sort of saying to me, you just don't get ill. What's going on? So I started to do some research. What, what is going on with soy milk? And a friend had told me a fair few years ago, and you've got to be ready to listen. It, and, and that's one thing with Farming Revolution. I'm not here to preach. I'm not an expert. I am just somebody, a little person that it's happened to me. And I just want to find the truth. Yeah. And the truth, sometimes you're just not ready to hear. <laughs> but for me, I did some research um, with what we're actually doing to soy and to corn and to cotton. And there's another one and I can't remember, but genetically engineered crops um, that are not only engineered to stop with certain pests, which is in theory is a really good idea because you stop the pesticide use, but what happens is they are then RR, which is Roundup Ready. So you spray out, you sow your seed, and then it's what's called um, desiccating your crop, which means you spray your crop to ripen it. And that's what glyphosate does. 
So that's what's happened within the genetically engineered. Um, and the more I dug around, the more I thought, holy moly, what are we doing? So of course, um, owning a riding school, I've got mothers coming in with autoimmune diseases and I'm thinking, well, we can't all be having autoimmune diseases. It's, it's not just the Gold Coast that this is happening to. Yeah. Children coming in with anxiety, six-year-olds seeing a psychologist because they're anxious. And these guys are feeding their children healthy food, what we class as healthy food, vegetables, fruit, meat, fish, nuts. But then you start looking into our healthy food and you realize that it's just doused and coated in, in chemicals. And I thought when I first started this, I thought there is no way known to man that our farmers would do this to us because I love farmers, I love all farmers, they're just real hardworking people. And it's not that they've done it to us, they have been talked and coerced and, and brainwashed into uh, the industrial way, which is if you've got a problem, you just put a Band-Aid on it rather than deal with the symptom. And that's what the pharmaceutical companies are doing as well, is that you've got a headache, take a painkiller. Well, what's wrong with your head? You know, oh, okay, you've got something wrong in your neck, let's just manipulate it a little bit. Oh, good, the headache's gone now, right, brilliant. So after my autoimmune disease, I ended up breaking. I just had a breakdown emotionally and, and physically, and I was in hospital, well, I couldn't actually sit up without throwing up. I was in so much pain. I had head and neck pain. And I knew I had to go through this. Wherever I'm going, I had to deal with this because if I didn't, something worse was going to happen. And I believe that I probably would get, would, or was destined to get cancer, if not uh, then, you know, further down the line because I was in such a mess with, with everything. And this is somebody that exercises, healthy, eats good food. I stopped eating chocolate and, and sweets and stuff because that wasn't making me feel very good either. For me to break and, and have what happened to me, I just, there's something going on that we don't know about. And the more that research that I did, I then stumbled over the difference between industrial farming and regenerative farming. And I just thought, of course, coming from Jersey, like the old Jersey farms when I was growing up, they used to go down onto the beach and pick up what we call rack, which is the kelp that's come off the Atlantic Ocean and just been planted on our beaches. Um, and they put that on our, our paddocks. And I don't know of any of my friends that are still on the island that have got any issue with their thyroid. And they are women in that age bracket and they haven't because their farming system is slightly different wow that's seriously just an incredible incredible story and it's frightening but what i would love for you to touch on is just what you said is the difference between regenerative farming and industrial farming because i think a lot of people listening are probably like wow that's crazy what does it mean so can you just tell us maybe briefly what is the difference between both of them and which one um, in, here in Australia uh, do we fall under? Okay, so I don't want to sound like I'm condemning um, anybody who's doing anything because yeah. it's really important that we do support each other. We are in this uh, 
brink of collapse, if you want to call it that way, if you want to be dramatic. Um, and we need to pull together rather than to isolate mobs of people and, oh, you're not doing that and you're not doing that yeah, because we do as humans do that. And it's, yeah, it's really bad. So the industrial farmers and the industrial way has come about after the world wars. So we had a lot of nitrogen left over after World War One. Um, who do we give it to? Let's swab it off to our farmers because we know plants need nitrogen. Um, the MPK as well is about reductionalism. So what are the top nutrients that plants need? And that's nitrogen, potassium and, and phosphates. So let's just put that into a synthetic fertilizer and feed it to our farmers. <laughs> and then um, after World War Two, uh, we ended up with um, a thing that was used to actually clean out uh, pipes. Um, I can't remember what this technical word, and that's glyphosate. And so what they then worked out was that it kills everything. So that's brilliant. Um, let's give it to our farmers to put on our food. And I don't actually know how any of this came, was, was legal, was actually able to happen um, because it is so detrimental to us. So um, they're the couple of, they're the bad things. So you've got the yeah. synthetics and you've got the sides. So the sides are about killing things, weeds, pests, insects, um, fungus. Now fungus side is really bad because what is happening underneath our soil is really you've got a ratio of bacteria and, and fungi that has to be balanced so when you come in with a fungicide no matter whether it's um they use selective fungicide and i actually asked a soil biologist um you know if you do apply fungicide even if it's selective does it kill fungus and he said yeah <laughs> basically so the, the chemical companies are telling you that it's selective but I don't believe it. I haven't got any proof. So that's a lot of the thing. A lot of what I say is anecdotal because I've seen it. I've witnessed it. I've yeah. felt it. Yeah. But am I in a white coat in a lab? No. So I want people to make up their own minds about it. Yeah. So what I did was once I was able to be vertical again, because <laughs> I it's, it took me months to get back on my feet, um, I decided to go down to... Uh, Nutrisoil, um, who are in uh, near Albury in um, and Wodonga in, sorry, Victoria, and um, they were hosting an event. Now, I'd got, I was going through a shift in my life as well. So not only had I been sick, everything was changing. I was actually now 41, um, and I was just kind of going, you know what, stuff everything. Yeah. <laughs> this is my time now. Um, so I went, I'm going down to Victoria. And um, Dr. Christine Jones was actually talking down there. And I had no idea what sort of a guru Dr. Christine Jones is. Now I do. Um, but I'd emailed her before because it, it, I was talk I was wanting, um, I'd heard that the bees, our bees were in trouble. Now, if you know about bees and colonies of bees, you understand that they work very similar to human populations. Um, probably much better, obviously, because they don't have the human brain. <laughs> but um, the way that they, they move as an organism, um, and uh, I noticed or uh, you know I had done a bit of research and I sort of said to her look our bees are in trouble I really need to know what's going on and I know Nutrisoil is biological because I'd used them on my paddocks before at my riding school but anyway this was my chance to actually go down there and sit in the shed with all the worm juice <laughs> and listen to Dr Christine Jones 
And she just blew me away because what she was saying to me was how I thought farming was. And somehow in the last century, our farming has gone completely A over T and it's, it's detrimental to us. And she's talking about this and that and, and having ground cover to keep the soil from eroding and to stop um, when, so to stop wind erosion and to stop rain erosion. And if you've got plants living in the soil, of course, then the, the roots will take the moisture down deeper. And I'm thinking, yeah, this is just common sense. Why is she standing in front of all these farmers telling us this? Um, and then, look, yeah, because I've done my research and everybody's just not farming the way that they used to. So regenerative farming is basically the old way with a fair bit of, of more deeper understanding of really what's going on because of course now we've got the beauty of of um having uh the science behind it and, and that sort of side of things to to help uh boost our knowledge but the bottom line is farmers standing in the paddock know what's good and what's bad and what's working and what's not working so at the end of the day as anecdotal as the evidence is they know they know their land they've been on it for generations if it's not working then they've got to change and regenerative farming I have stood on farm after farm after farm and it works and the farmer's happier they've got more time to spend with their family their health is better because they're not dealing with these chemicals all the time and their bank balance at the end of the day is, is a lot more profitable if it is better overall as you say why um why do you think farmers might be hesitant to change to a more regenerative state of farming i think for some it's about not having enough scientific evidence there it, it's all to do with there's a there's a guy that's followed not followed me around but when you go around these conferences and field days you see the same old people right. popping up yeah, and, yeah. and and tom tom's great tom will always answer a question and he, he knows everything he's great but he's always in the audience mm. anyway tom goes it's the paddock between your ears that's the bit that needs to change so it's literally your mindset it's i'm a risk taker naturally i just change is i'm actually scared of standing still so change for me is like yeah great if it doesn't work of course you have to weigh it up before you actually make that leap you can't make that leap and go i have no idea if it goes wrong what i'm going to do you have to evaluate um, so most farmers that have, are in the transitional phase will have got a paddock or a bit of ground somewhere that they're playing with. And that's the brilliant. That's what we used to do at play school. You know, we used to play around with little bits of, of garden. And, and I know I had my own little veggie patch and, and garden at home. And one year I'd be growing flowers, next I'd be growing strawberries and, and, and all that sort of stuff. And it just doesn't happen much anymore. Yeah. You have to change your mindset. It's not about doing or not doing one thing. You have to change the entire system. So for example, plowing or tilling is really bad. I had no idea what no till was. I went, what's no till? Cause I'm from a place we, we, we plow. <laughs> so um, no tillage is not to disturb the ground. So when you sow, you disc sow and you basically put a little mark in the ground and plant your seed exactly at the depth that you want it. Um, and 
but you can't just do that on your own. It's not going to help. You need the, the biological liquid inject, for example, so that you cover that seed with a lovely, it's got its own microbiome. And this is what links with our health, you see. So you create that beautiful microbiome with stimulant and you put it in the ground. It's all biological. It's not, it's not synthetic. And the roots just, they end up being like dreads and they're holding the soil and you know then that you, you're doing the right thing. Now, there are in some cases where it has been ploughed so much or tilled so much that there's a hard pan, which means that no matter what you plant, it's not really going to break through that hard pan. So you can um, disrupt the soil, rip it at a deeper level. But as long as you get that seed with the uh, liquid injection, to boost the roots, they can then crack through it and then they'll do the job on their own. That's so interesting. It's, it's, I'm just like absorbing all of this, like that's incredible. But I would really like to know as well, so um, do you think that what you were talking before about the soy milk, I found really interesting because I myself used to drink soy milk and I got told by lots and lots of people, don't drink it, um, something to do with estrogen levels in women. Um, so I switched to um, a different kind of nut milk. Um, so do you think that things like um, lactose intolerance, people being celiac, all these kind of allergies, do you think that is linked more so to the chemicals and the way that our, our food is being produced? Um, is that the kind of uh, relation that you think is happening? I think, me personally, and I try and not let my personal opinion get involved in all this too much. I try and just drag in research and, and the truth, but I, I can honestly say 100% it is the food that we're putting in our mouth now compared to what we were putting in our mouth 100 years ago. The farming revolution is about us little people at grassroots level taking back control. Not mass anarchy, not going out in the streets and killing everybody, that's not it. It's about quietly achieving what we need to become a healthy society again. And so are there farmers um, across, we'll just talk about Australia because that's where we both are, are there um, farmers in Australia who are jumping on the bandwagon of this regenerative farming? Um, and changing their practices. Is this a thing that is occurring? Yes, absolutely. Australia is, is, I would like Australia to lead the world in this because of our latitude differences. Um, so we've got the really hot, wet tropics all the way down to Tasmania. Um, and we are such a big, broad country that, uh, yes, if we can do it here, anywhere in the world can do it. Yeah. And it is definitely happening and it's definitely shifting. And I've only been doing this for three years. So I can feel a momentum happening. For, for Dr. Christine Jones, I just um, listened to her again a, a few weeks ago at yeah. one of the last field days when, you know, before isolation happened. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, her comments, and I've heard her about three times before, and her comments always, we've, we're, I'm seeing the same people. I'm seeing the same people and it's for her because she's been in it for 40 odd years, probably even more. Um, it must be really hard because for her, it's been so slow over that time. But I really want to, the point of Farming Revolution is to get consumers grassroots level to start demanding regeneratively grown food because 
when that happens, the farmers will go, there's demand, let's jump on board. Yeah. Whereas at the moment, we're trying to get our farmers to lead the way. And it's like, well, what's the point? Nobody knows about it. And, and yet it's so beneficial. Yeah, so this is, this is why I was so excited to talk to you today about this, because one of my big questions for you is, as a consumer, so not someone as a farmer, um, how can we, you know, help encourage this movement? How can we help encourage farmers to change their ways of farming, which they may have done for generations, that is a big step to do. Um, what is we as consumers, what's our kind of power in this situation? Well, yeah, really good question. Really, I've been bashing my head against the wall for probably one and a half years now trying to find a way to get this information out there. And one of the things I promised myself when I was lying on my what felt like my deathbed, <laughs> my rebooting bed, um, <laughs> um, was that I cannot know the answer or find out the answer and then on my actual deathbed go, well, I knew the answer, but I didn't bother doing anything. Yeah. So this is why I'm so motivated to get the word out there. And what happens in regenerative circles is all the information has been stuck in regenerative circles. And I've, I've been watching this information that I now know because I'm linked to all of that and it's not getting out there. So I can talk to a nutritionalist and you go, well, they must have heard of regenerative farming. So I go, oh, well, I'm farming revolution. And I'm, you know, have you heard of regenerative farming? And they go, no. And I'm going to be your front line. You're a nutritionalist. Mm, wow. um, and it's, it's really scary. So we, we feed our children strawberries and blueberries and almonds. Um, and we think we're doing the right thing. Well, you just go back and look at what, how they're being produced. And it's intensive farming. And it's <laughs> it might look Crazy. healthy mm. so it about, is it's really scary what about organic farming so i just want to touch on this because for, uh, for people maybe listening they want to be doing the right things and they don't want to be putting all their chemical you know these chemicals into their bodies but what are some of the kind of the first steps or advice you would give to people listening as to maybe uh go towards a more healthy way of eating when we're not putting these chemicals into our body through our foods into our children what are some tips that you could give us yeah organic definitely that's a great stepping stone um i'll i'll talk a bit more about where i'm wanting to go with with regenerative farming um because at least you know you haven't got the chemicals yeah. um some actually probably quite a lot of organic farmers are in actual fact regenerative farmers yeah um but the only way you see an organic farming the certification certification yeah. <laughs> um when it when it came about um was an excellent idea because it means that you guys are doing the right thing and we as consumers can actually recognize you're doing the right thing now, the only problem I've got with the certification, I'll get it right this time, um, is, is that it's punishing the farmer for doing the right thing and it's punishing the consumer for doing the right thing because of the price. So in theory, if you take away all the chemicals and all the inputs that are being fed to industrial farmers through um, industrial farming, you're... Well, they call it inputs is lower therefore you haven't spent money on buying this stuff in 
therefore you should be producing your food for less. Yeah. Uh, like it shouldn't be costing you as much. So why then is organic food more expensive? So with, I'm, I'm not knocking it. I'm just talking from a consumer's perspective that yeah. why are we being penalized? We shouldn't be because these organic farmers are doing the right thing. Majority of them are regenerative farmers. They just can't get recognized for that. And that means that they're looking after their land and, and us and themselves. You know, it's, it's, it's all about this um, keeping the, the life cycle, the food web alive and, and encouraging insects because, you know, most insects, are, if we lose insects, we're stuffed. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> for, for, for tidying up the rubbish, for eating all the rubbish that we don't want, and for pollination. Um, and they're pretty. They fly around and, you know, you get a bug in your hair or something. It's They're, they're interesting. They're, that's a species of animals that, that we need. So um, with, uh, yeah, the organic side. So, yes, definitely support your organic side um, of, of it. And I'm hoping that if we can get consumers to really focused on regenerative food the difference with regenerative food is that it is mineral dense so it's highly nutritious so I don't know whether you, oh, you might be too young but when I was younger I didn't have to eat much like my plate was only say half full well now to fill me up I have to eat two or three times more food to actually fill me up because there's nothing in it anymore and there's nothing in it because we've We've killed all the biology. The minerals are still in the ground, but they're not able to be taken up by the plant because there's no biology there. They're the little bridge. They're the bit the plant says with the, with the fungi, oh, I need some of this, little bit of zinc, thanks. And, and off it goes and it goes, oh, okay, let's, because plants can't walk around and move. So yeah. they get the fungi involved in it and, and all the little micro, um, microbes and and it all works in this beautiful little cycle of life that humans just seem to want to destroy all the time. And so when you're eating it, you eat less. So it should cost you less. Your food bill should go down, in theory, of course. Um, you are making sure that um, our soil is not only sustained, but actually regenerated because it has been bashed to death. Um, with synthetics and, and chemicals and laying a paddock bare fallow which means resting it so nothing's growing in it yeah, is a fallacy it's a fallacy we've got to store the moisture in it so we don't grow anything <laughs> when I first heard that I thought <laughs> that is the most ridiculous thing I have ever heard and I'm not a farmer so you're taking out everything that's living so that you can store moisture in there do you know how hot soil gets without any plants living on it? It, it's, it's, it bakes, it actually sterilizes it. It gets that hot. Wow. Right? Soils, you can't walk across tarmac or sand, can you? You can't walk across bare soil. You can walk across grass. When it's 46 degrees in Australia and it's baking, you can walk across the grass. That's the difference. It's, it's a whole complete mindset. So you know that you're doing good for the environment um, and our waterways. So when you feed NPK to plants, um, the nitrogen makes them really thirsty. And we're in a drought-sticking country. 
with no biology now in the ground. <laughs> so, so we're feeding them nitrogen. So we have to irrigate more, mate, because they're really, really thirsty. Now a thirsty plant who's now really full of water and nitrogen can't now absorb um, the phosphate that it needs. So what do we do? We stick a load more phosphate on top so that it's just there, so it can probably just take a little bit if it needs it. And all we need to do is, is promote the biology and the biology then looks after the plant and the soil and our river systems because we don't need to put the water on it. And then that links you then to the carbon. So soil, um, yeah, soil organic matter is all the dead stuff like leaves and little twigs and grass and, and other things and whatever, dead insects, yeah. horse poo, cow poo, whatever, yeah, all, all the stuff that we put on it. Um, and with all that organic matter, as long as you've got um, beneficial insects, it drags it down. Earthworms are a good example. It drags it down. It's getting the organic matter into the soil and there's your carbon storage. Now, carbon is a sponge in the soil. And so when it rains, of course, regenerative farmers can't fill their dams. So this is the irony because organ uh, sorry, regenerative farmers are pulling the water into their carbon, which is a sponge in the soil. And the further down the plant's roots go, the deeper the water. You want water stored in your ground if you're a proper farmer that's, you know, really not, doesn't know when they're going to see rain again for a while. You want it three metres in the ground. How's it going to get there through the roots of the plant and through your insects, especially your earthworms? And so, yeah, our, our river systems are not flowing. Why? Because we are industrially farming. Wow. I actually, I love to hear how, um, how interconnected everything is and how important it is to um, to look after everything and how, you know, um, the industrial farming, you know, can negatively impact so many aspects of life um, and how yeah. regenerative farming seems to be like such a great uh, solution to these problems. But overall, I love that we are able to talk about this and, and get others involved in the conversation as well because I'm sure a lot of people listening won't have heard of um, regenerative farming or have had much involvement in it. And um, as you said, we want people in all different aspects of our society to get behind this so that we can um, help promote it. So I'm really, really glad to speak to you today. Um, I'll just ask you, how can people connect with you more online? I'm creating an app. Um, and it's a little bit back to front. So yes, if you're really passionate and interested in the health of your children, um, our food, our environment, any which way you want to, I'm actually looking at people to be um, committed to Farming Revolution and to invest in the app to start with. So what they're saying is try and get five to 10 clients to actually give you money. It sounds all weird and back to front, but you will actually be my, my farming revolution pioneers in the app to put money in. And what you will do then is you will give me what you want as a consumer that I put into the app. So for example, yeah, I, I've thought of, of things like, um, um, just being able to provide regeneratively grown food 
Um, I can't do it myself, but I know people that can. So I would link you into to that sort of thing. And if we can do this just on the Gold Coast at the moment and then start to spread more and more and more as more people hear about it, um, then that is creating the demand for our farmers to, to change. Yeah, that's perfect. Well, definitely, I mean, uh, people listening might be very interested, so it's great to know that that's an option. Also, your website, um, Farming Revolution, I think um, everyone should check out. It's got some great information on there. Um, and, yeah, well, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show. I've learned so much today, and I'm sure everyone else has too. Thanks, Roxy. And so, yeah, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe to our channel and follow us on Instagram, wild underscore education. Thanks again and talk soon.